What is going on, everybody? The first ever episode of the Justin Perry Show live and in Technicolor. I can't really can't believe that we are doing this. But if you are joining us here on the first ever episode, one of uh, you know many to come here throughout March, I thank you for giving us a try. This is going to be a little bit of a conversation type of show, even though it's named after me. You're not going to hear from me all that much. It's going to be a great panel of guests every single episode, open floors for people to come back and chat during late night episodes. It's going to be really exciting and of course available on podcast formats as well. We're going to be talking about some stuff that is a little bit more applicable than just, oh, what are you you know looking at today? What big game do we have tomorrow? We're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up. we got March Madness around the corner. It is the last day of February on most years, of course, a leap year, but let's waste no further time. Bring in our very first panel here, uh, welcoming in everybody who uh, is a big part of the Shot Quality team. Welcome in, guys. We have a great group today. I got Max Amillion, one of the writers here at Shot Quality Bets. You know him, you love him. Big three for three, if you have not met, is one of the people who was a founding member of Shot Quality Bets. Join me on the podcast last year as a co-host coleman crawley our uh, our cinderella chaser and then bennett cochran I, I i i'm not butchering that right man i i would that would be embarrassing but you're good corcoran. Uh, corcoran there we go i knew i was but uh one of the what shock quality bets technical lead one of the guys behind making the site per felt it was only fair to really bring the people who helped make this year so much fun for me to the stage so guys welcome in uh first ever episode Max, uh, you've been a big part of helping BetCast take off the ground. Thank you for joining me. How's your how's your day going? I know you said you're about to bet some games. What are you looking at today in college basketball a little bit? You know, how are you feeling about your your game right now? Yeah, so, I mean, there's no better time. Like you said, we've been doing the BetCast. There's no better time to get this show going. You know, March is right around the corner. But um, like you mentioned, uh, I was looking at the games today a little bit. Haven't really did a full dive. Um, isn't there a game going on right now? Army? Is there a game starting already? I'm not 100% sure. I think there might be some early action. I don't know. Any of you guys can chime in and talk about it. That's the yeah. fun of the American show. Army. Yeah, well, oh, a Patriot game, of course. Coleman Crawley is going to know about I'm that. I'm surprised Coleman. Coleman's not there. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Four o'clock. I, I had to work up until then. I couldn't get there in time. <laughs> Look, I, I'm just happy you're all able to make some time here with me, of course. Not the easiest time to record a show, but want to make sure we have uh, a good hour where people can tune in, catch it before maybe some games start in the evenings and still be relevant the next morning. But uh, that's enough sort of for the welcome. Let's get into a little bit. We I, I gave these guys some homework. You can see here these, these one-bid conferences. So I just want to get right into the heart of some nice conversation amongst some of the people that I think are super, super sharp in the college basketball space. So, Bennett, you have uh, honestly been super impressive helping build so much of what Shock Quality Bets is right now. Talk to me about your favorite one-bid conference that you're looking at, maybe trying to get an angle on, or just a tournament you're excited to watch, because we know we know Coleman's going to say the Patriots. So. Um, yeah, no, thanks, Justin, for having me. I think the conference that I had circled as soon as I saw one-bid conference uh, is the SoCon. I just think it's been a super fun league this year. Um, Samford is obviously kind of the top team. And I think if they were to win and make the NCAA tournament, given their pressure and kind of style of play, they're definitely going to be an intriguing kind of potentially trendy, not sure it obviously depending on matchup, but like potential upset pick. 
kind of Cinderella, you know, potential darling there. But I think the rest of the conference, um, you know, super interesting, really the first like four or five teams, um, you know, you're looking at Chattanooga, Furman, Western Carolina, Greensboro, you kind of go down the list here. Um, so I think and like really, even though I have just kind of acknowledged that Sanford's, you know, supposed to be the, you know, the deserved favorite here. I do think right. that, you know, some of these other teams, um, could certainly pose a threat. And then given that I do kind of think these, the five teams I just listed are kind of a cut above, I think if you end up with, you know, a team, you know, that's sitting in like the two or the three seed, there might be potentially value on outrights for them to make a move. Um, okay. The team that I had circled potentially um, actually plays tonight is uh, Furman. So Furman and uh, Western Carolina play tonight. Super interesting matchup. Um, I just think Furman, if you look at the predictive metrics like the Ken Palms of the world, um, they're a little bit down on Furman relative to market. Um, and I just honestly, I just think it's because Marcus Foster missed so much time. Um, now that he's back if they're able to win today, they're kind of in the driver's seat for the three seed. And given that you'd only have to play, you know, two of these top five teams as opposed to three, if you end up in that four or five game, um, I think that's uh, kind of a potentially interesting angle, but yeah, all in all, I mean, this has been a super fun conference and I'm just kind of excited yeah. to see how it plays out. Some, some good teams here for sure. All right. Big three. Uh, you are, have always been a big mid-major guy. I'm, I can probably predict the conference you're going to talk about too in a minute, but uh, what do you make of the, of the Southern, what Bennett's talking about here? Any Anything you're seeing brought up the shot quality standings, going to also pull up some others, and we can make some comparisons. Of course, this is a big shot quality group, but we're going to be able to, you know, talk about any any uh, analytics you want here. So Yeah, it's, it's hard not to pick a spot against Samford here, obviously looking at record luck of, you know, 23 and 4 record, 16 and 11 shot quality record. Um, and agree, like Furman is one of the teams that I definitely like in this conference. So I think that reasonably that's a good spot. I mean, you see UNC Greensboro. Um, I, I think too that's there. They've been a team that I've kind of been looking to fade the past couple of weeks. Similar reasons, like some of the record luck, and I mean shot quality has them below 500. You know, so I think that yeah. that's a pretty good team to continue to look and target against. Um, kind of as we see how that bracket sets up too. Interesting, interesting to talk about too. You're seeing a win against the Citadel recently expected to be a close loss. They covered here against Wofford. They did actually earn that one on the road. A good, a good performance, but uh, maybe a little bit of a struggle against Western Carolina that we didn't see. Uh, I, I will tell you guys right now. I know we're not. We're going to try to focus a little future forward here, but here on Wednesday, I do hold a VMI ticket. I'm a full sicko. Um, I am betting on VMI today, so we'll see how that goes. Of course, come back to the standings here, 361st in shot quality adjusted. So we'll see how that goes. 22 and a half, anyone wants to tail me today, uh, you know, hoping that it just stays a little close. But we'll, we'll see. Max, what do you make of the Southern men? Uh, and then Coleman will come to you quick. So um, one of the interesting things, you know, about this conference is like, and it's kind of a question for you guys. Like, do you guys hold stock in, you know, it's March, it's conference tournament. Sometimes just the best player on the floor just shows up and carries a team. And obviously I'm talking about Western Carolina, you know, from that aspect. Like, can Woolbright just, you know, absolutely carry a Western Carolina team, you know, to a conference championship, you know, when, when the lights are at its biggest? Yeah. Or at its brightest, I, I should say. Yeah, so he's currently sitting on Torvik as the second best player 
in the conference but behind Brown Jones over at Greensboro. I don't know. Uh, Coleman, what do you make of that one? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. You know, a guy can just take over a game, get red hot in March when it's tight. Um, you know, other guys may be afraid of the moment and they're used to it. And Woolbright just impacts the game in so many ways, rebounding, scoring, passing. He's one of the better all-around players, not just in mid-major basketball, but the country. So I could definitely see that. Albeit this tournament from the quarterfinals through the championship, this is my favorite one-bid league year over year. Mm. I just love wow. their styles of play. And you almost always see four teams that are threats. That makes the conference tournament exciting. And then once they get a bid, they can do damage like Furman did last year. Um, I, I'm i riding with my guy, Bucky McMillan, even though okay. I understand maybe some record luck. But I'm telling you, I – I think that dude's going to be in the Hall of Fame by the time his career's over. I believe in him um, wholeheartedly. And so I'm going to ride with Sanford and think that they win that tournament. Hey, hot takes, episode one. Coleman, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Now, I'll let you run with it. You went last here talking about Southern, about the SoCon here. What conference tournament? You're, you're, I, I'm, I hesitate to ask which one you're most looking forward to because I'm sure it's like every single one of them. But which one are you going to? Uh, what are you really excited about? Who Who's feeling like Cinderella before the ball? I was most looking forward to the SoCon tournament. Bennett stole wow. that one from me. So nice. I'll pivot. It. I'm only going to one game of this conference. I wish I was going to more, but you just can't beat the Big South SoCon combo, combo that you're able to pull off with them being so close by. Um, but the CAA, I mean, that's okay. the league, the top six teams. Any of them could win it. And then also – Similar to the SoCon, I believe maybe do damage in the NCAA tournament. On top of that, Monmouth with Xander Rice, Campbell with Anthony Del Orso. Those are teams that could make a run perhaps to the conference finals. I mean, Anthony did last year at Campbell to the Big South, and they blew a 14-point lead with like eight minutes to go or something like right. that. Um, so this conference tournament in D.C. is going to be electric. Um, I mean, I watched Charleston go 15 to 23 at Towson just this past weekend. That's the type of situation where Shaquali would say that would never happen again. Um, you know, they're so look at, three look at point that, look reliant. That performance. Yeah, it, they're so three point reliant. It, it may be tough for them to, you know, over three straight games with a loaded field in the CAA win three straight, and I think perhaps you could find an upset team in that conference to win. Yeah, no, I, I like it. That's a, that's a really dangerous field. Big three, what do you make of the Coastal? We might need to change it on shockqualitybest.com. Um, but what do you make <laughs> of the Coastal Athletic Conference here? A interesting one for sure. Some, some A good distribution here between what we're seeing maybe in the efficiency metrics and the expected metrics. Charleston going to lead the efficiency metrics, Wilmington, Hofstra, and then you go over here, it's Hofstra, Wilmington, Charleston. So what do you make of that? Are you, are you maybe leaning towards some of the teams that people are going to sleep on? Might be a good time to buy low on Wilmington coming off a loss at Campbell. Yeah, I was going to say, this is one of those conferences – to be honest, I don't know a ton about, but I will say that the top end teams, I, I mean, like both Hofstra and UNC Wilmington, Wilmington have losses to Campbell this year. And like, yeah, I remember the UNC. I mean, I think there were nine, 10 point favorites on the road earlier this week and lost at Campbell. I think it's just yeah. like one of those conferences where 
you're better off taking a guy like Coleman who like really knows the conference and like taking a shot at one of these underdogs. I, I really do like Hofstra, UNC Wilmington and Charleston. I, I just don't think any of those three teams are like super trustable. And so I think if you can find like a Monmouth or a spot like that, I mean, even Northeastern has had their moments this year. I think like I would way rather take a shot in a conference tournament at a big dog and just, I don't know, try your luck a little bit, but I like that. I like that. Bennett, what do you think? Are you, are you taking a shot on any of these dogs here? Anyone stood out to you and play? I mean, you know, this is, this is the local area. We'll, we'll go over to the summit and the big sky in a second, big three, but um, yeah. What do, what do you make of this one, Bennett? Any, any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think so the, I love to look at the formats, obviously, for these conference tournaments, and I think that is going to play a huge part. Um, so for the CAA, we have double buy. So if you end up locking in one of those top four seeds, that's obviously a big competitive advantage. Um, doesn't mean yep. that if you're not in the top four that you know you're you're screwed or anything. Obviously, I, I do think there's a ton of parity in this conference as we've touched on. Um, but I think if I had to pick a winner now, I would probably lean toward a team that's going to potentially get that by. I would, I would probably lean towards like a Hofstra, to be honest. They do have a, a pretty difficult schedule these last couple games here um, against the best of the best, UNCW and Charleston, to kind of close things out. Um, I think they still have a chance, even if they were to drop both those games to get a top four seed. If they were to steal either of those wins, they're pretty much assured a top four seed. Um, so I think if you're going to go with one of the top four teams, I would probably lean Hofstra, um, but I don't hate right. the kind of big three strategy of – um, you know, taking a team that's you know, maybe in that, you know, five to eight seed range um, that has to win an extra game. But, you know, depending on the draw, I might get a favorable matchup in that extra game. I, I like it. I like it, Max. You with that? What are you, what are you thinking? And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go, let Big Three take us to our next conference. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I really like this Charleston team. You know, I mean, if, if when they're shooting and they're on, you know, there's nobody better. I'm looking at one of my old articles from uh, – November 19th. So this was like five games into the season. They were shooting 18% from deep. Yeah. They started I mean, off look at slow. all that red. Yeah, look at yeah. that. That's pretty, yeah, they yeah. started off slow. But, you know, obviously we expected that to change. Like Pat Kelsey wants to play fast, and he's a rim and three guy, wants to get shots at the rim, wants to shoot from deep. So mm -hmm. the fact that they are shooting better, I think the last two games we had them like way overperforming. I know for sure you mentioned yes. that Towson game, but – because I was on Towson. I thought, you know, I like I like uh, Towson's three-point defense. I thought maybe they could cool them down, but Charleston might just be getting hot at the right time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a good one. All right, big three, you're up, man. What's uh what's your one bid conference? We'll let uh Coleman got his mojo stolen, and then we'll just go we'll go into spot tax. We'll talk about that next. But let's are, are we gonna go local yeah. for you? Because I think uh, that's that's the advantage, right? I think and it speaks to a lot of what we all try to do uh, is play local. Like you don't, you know, if you see all my picks, I really don't take mu much of the West coast teams. I just, I barely stay up late enough to catch the second half of those games. Why am I betting it? That's why we have guys like big three who are honestly spectacular. If I'm going to be betting big sky and summit, I definitely want to make sure they're not going up against his takes. So talk to me about it. Let's yeah. pull up some, uh, are we doing summit or are we doing? Big yeah, sky? let's, let's, let's start with big sky. I'll go oh, super quick. Okay. Big sky is really oh, easy. Right. Um, I, I I think that I'm just cheering for Weber State to lose as many games from here on out so we get as good of a price as possible in the Big Sky Tournament. I think they're ranked 
fourth maybe now in the conference standings, maybe third. Um, Eastern Washington's one. I think Montana's ahead of them. I think Northern Colorado's ahead of them. I think they're fourth. Um, and if you look at them, even shot quality scores, um, I think they've only lost by shot quality score one conference game. Um, wow. They beat St. Mary's earlier this year, which I feel like a lot of people are forgetting about. It was a shot quality loss, but it's still, it's still yeah. it, for, for a team – in a conference like this, that's a massive win. But you look at all these conference losses, wow. all of them are supposed to be wins. Outside of – there's that's two, Eastern Washington by two, who's the current winner or leader of the conference, and then Portland State, who I also am higher on than most, are I think the two conference losses that they have um, by shot quality score. But, I mean, it just comes down to – this is kind of what Max alluded to earlier. Like, easily the best player in the conference. You have Dylan Jones, who is a similar to what like Dalton Necht was last year for Northern Colorado, now tearing it up at, at Tennessee. But this is just like, he's that level of player, that level of better than everyone else in the conference. They also have Alex too, who's seven feet tall and has, you know, three, four, five inches on a lot of the other team's biggest players in the conference. Yeah. And I think like ultimately the combination of size, best player, I mean, Jones, you can see there he plays basically every second of every game, right? He's playing 93% of minutes. Um, that's counting. Well, that's spots, whatever. Like if the game is within reach, he's in the game always. And so and no one, nobody plays more. And and yeah. he's on top of it, the most effective player in the conference. By so, yeah, far. If you like, that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So if you like, if you like backing a stud in a conference to drive his team home, sounds like I like I'm liking it. I'm getting excited. I'll go get a Weber State ticket. Coleman, well, I'm seeing you nod your head, man. You like that? You're going to go – you like Weber State there in, in the big Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more exactly what Max alluded to earlier. Best player in the conference taking over in exactly what Big 3 said. You know, the record should probably be better than what it was. Sometimes your record's not uh, always who you are. And, um, yeah, I, th I think Eastern Washington has started to fall a little bit of late perfect time for Weber State and wouldn't mind, like Big 3 said, for them to lose a couple that they perhaps should have won to close so that they can stay at that four seat or something and maybe yeah. get a decent futures price. Yeah, you're seeing still even underperforming a little bit at the rim in conference play right now. Pretty accurate in terms of their three-point shooting percentage, which is going to matter a lot. I always like to go and check out, you know, the balance between those regression numbers versus how often they take those specific shot types. So uh, finishing at the rim is not exactly something to do more than others, but you're still talking about a heavy shot type, uh, you know, part of any team's diet. So 37% of their shots expected to progress uh, offensively. So maybe even not seeing the best product, even in conference play, which is exciting for us, who sounds like we're all going to be on Weber. Max, uh, any any thoughts here in the big sky? Then we'll go talk about the summit really quickly before we, we talk about you know, the hot button issue of today's uh, college basketball betting market, the spot tax. But yeah, talk to me, Big Sky, quick. Uh, yeah, real quick. I had that, I think it was last Saturday, they played Eastern Washington on the road. They were like plus three. That was like one of my best bets because of, like you mentioned, I noticed all that, the conference, like projected record versus actual. And this was the preseason favorite too. So like, it's not like, you know, they didn't have expectations going into this season. Uh you know, this is a solid squad. So I right. also will be beyond that with you guys. We got a consensus, guys. So, you know, if, if this doesn't go well, someone's going to come back to me here and be like, hey, your show stinks that Weber State team out in the first round. No, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it's happening. I do like what we're seeing from Weber. They're definitely formidable. 
maybe Montana gives him a little bit of a shot, but it's not, I mean, when big three is telling you that this is, this is the squad, this is the player to back. I think we can trust it. I'll be looking for that. And let's, let's talk some summit. Cause this is a fun one. Uh, you know, there's, there's some fun basketball teams in one of the smaller conferences right now in college basketball. Another one, big three, you tend to dominate just knowing these teams, knowing the ups and downs, knowing the spots, of course, you know, sometimes teams just can't play in other teams' gyms. You don't know why. But uh, talk to me a little bit about this. You see a lot of the green record luck numbers here at the top. What do you make of teams expected to be performing better in this conference? Yeah, I think this is such a weird conference. And, I mean, you have just, like, some of the craziest results of 20-point wins this way, that way. Uh, I mean, this is usually this conference runs through um, South, South Dakota State, State obviously. Um it really, I mean, looking at this, it looks like that again this year, but that's just not the case. There's, It's way closer this year than it is a lot of other years. Um, the funniest thing is North Dakota is actually two right now in the conference standings. And you see even here by shot quality, they're like seven, eight. And I think looking ahead at some of the futures numbers, I actually think like you could get a really good price on North Dakota here. And I will say, I think a lot of, you know, like some of the hate on North Dakota is um, – I don't know, just has to do with they were really people were really low on them coming into the season. And if you remember, Shot even quality last, pretty low on them now. I mean, yeah. And even last year, they were I think they were like a bottom 10 team in the in the country last year. Maybe that's two years ago. But they were like a 350 level team. Um, they have really good guard play. I actually really like this team. They lost to North Dakota State just this last week. That was like should have been a 10 point shot quality win or something like that. Yeah, no, so they've honestly, been, they've been making me some money too, honestly. I feel yeah. Like I, I honestly think that you can get a really good price on the two seed here. So I'll probably play North Dakota in some way, shape or form in the conference tournament. The other like big underdog that I think has a chance here is oral Roberts. I just like, ultimately they, they just have a lot of like really, really good athletes and they're just like, stay in a lot of games and i think it's like you look at some of these results and they lose by 30 or lose by 40 in some random spots but i really do like when it comes down to it in a conference tournament like the price that you're going to get on them i think they're five and ten in conference or something like that like you could get a pretty good price on what i think yeah. is like a team that's very capable of winning this so those are probably like my here. Bennett, any any feel for the summit from you man i I, just, I know this is a little bit of a out there league for us new yorkers um, but it is still a fun one. I've always, I mean, you know, seeing South Dakota State product Baylor Shireman lose at the Garden the other day was fun for me. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, what do you make of this one, bud? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of echo what Big Three said. I will say, if, if we're taking kind of like a deeper deeper dive here, um, I do kind of like the uh, the Tommies St. Thomas. I just think like they could potentially uh you know they, they take a lot of threes they take they have a good shot profile they could potentially get hot and win a few games and it wouldn't shock me if they um i mean I defensively good. obviously there's some issues um but like they don't make a lot of mistakes um you know they kind of punt offensive rebounds get back on defense um don't commit a lot of turnovers and they take a lot of threes so if you're looking for a team to get hot over a few days um you know their profile looks kind of appealing um, i like it they're not yeah. eligible for the tournament yet. Not that they can't win, but they aren't tournament yeah, eligible I don't, yet. Yeah. I haven't looked up like what would happen if they were. Oh, to win, they're right. This is still like their second year yeah, in D one. Third, um, third year. Oh man, that's still. I still feel like you know. I know that's an interesting angle, but I, you guys can all chime in on this one. Uh, what do you think about something like that? Like we saw 
you know what a team like Merrimack last year come in and still win even though we had you know a, a good a good team they were they didn't have any incentive right but they still they still get it done Coleman I'll come to you because you like to go check all these teams out in person what do you make of that like motivation factor for a team like St. Thomas who is you know not allowed to make it to the tournament, uh, you know, and their motivation to maybe still get a banner here in their first years. I think it's a, a point of uh, contention. They want to show that, you know, it's stupid. They should be there. They want to, like, force the issue is my opinion. Right, yeah. I think there's a couple motivation factors there, the one that you just touched on. And then secondarily, they're playing with nothing to lose, right? right. I mean, they know they aren't going to get to the NCAA tournament if they win, so – might as well go try and win the chip when right. other teams, especially if in the semis or in the first round, you know, they're playing a little worried. Hey, we're, we've got a conference tournament, um, you know, bid to the NCAA tournament on the line. So I do think you've got, you know, a couple things at play there where, yeah, St. Thomas could be in play, but this league, I mean, you just see it in the standings. It's so chaotic. It seems like anyone could win outside of maybe South Dakota, um, I love being an Oklahoma guy. I love the ORU pick. You know, they've obviously been relevant, very relevant in the league with Aismas the last uh, few years. This year, not so much, but they're a team that takes care of the basketball and they shoot it well from the perimeter. Good right. recipe to maybe make a run and, you know, you're going to get good value on them with them being eighth or whatever they are. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, that uh, I love one bid conferences, guys. I think it is Honestly, more fun to talk about that than it is really to talk about the big ones. And, you know, we we are doing our first ever panel. If you do not know all of our guests and what's going on here, maybe you tuned in a little late. This is the Justin Perry Show. I'm Justin Perry. These are all my really good friends. And that's what you're going to see every single episode is great. <coughs> oh, God. Great promo. Uh, you're going to see great guests every single time out Great friends, really sharp experts, people that I appreciate in the college basketball and then in the summer, the baseball community. So we'll be having a lot of fun discussions. You'll see all these guys back on here a lot. Part of the fun of being a guest on the show means you're a forever guest. They'll continue to get invites. They'll come hang out with random late night chat. It's going to be a good time. They can pop on whenever they want during open houses. So I hope you all rejoin whenever. But let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the spot tax. And if you don't know what the spot tax is, well, it's a little bit like, uh, well, I don't know how you how you all describe it, but it's kind of like what's going on in gambling and sports betting, especially in college basketball right now, where people anticipate, especially, I guess, like, uh, you know, unranked teams at home versus ranked teams. We get like these big uh, market moves on on these spots. And I tweeted about it yesterday. Uh, we saw a little bit of a spot developing on that Mississippi State Kentucky game, of course, the spot fell flat, right? Kentucky uh, Shepard is amazing, um, looking like one of the top players in college right now. Of course, you know, top 30, I think is pretty fair where his season's been, but getting hot, playing like a top 15 player the last two weeks for sure. What do you guys make of, you know, attacking that uh, maybe market inefficiency or uh, public lean, however you want to perceive it, describe it. I know it's you know, teetering on the tea leaves and not really too much analysis, but it still gives us an interesting opportunity to bring data in and leverage it to give ourselves an advantage in handicapping this insane game we all love. So uh, big three, you are, you know, one of the people who I have gone way back with on discussions like this. I'll come to you first. 
How have you been handling this in terms of, you know, uh, try, are you just staying away? Are you playing into it? You're facing the wind and taking a Kentucky? Or are you saying, all right, maybe the market knows what it's talking about? And these are spots where those teams, where the market does have that perception, actually do perform better. Yeah, honestly, I've never really like watched many of these spots super, super closely. What I will say yeah. is I think it's even more apparent in smaller conferences, right? Like Mountain mm -hmm. West Conference where you have, you know, like, I mean, uh, Utah State almost <laughs> lost a really bad one last night, right? And I think they're ranked like 22nd or something. But I think you get into some scary spots in like Missouri Valley with Indiana State, you know, or like the some of these Mountain West teams now where once you have that number next to your name, you're like, you're almost like, home stadiums, fans, student sections, whatever. It just like means a little more, you know? And I think like, I've heard that talked about a lot. Um, like John Fenler, I think is one of the guys that talks about that. Like if you are one of those smaller conference teams, you're better off just like staying in the receiving votes, you know, because you're not right. going to get the same crowds, the same energy as you will, if you have a 24 or 25 next to your name. And so I will say like those spots are tough. And I think like, I'm not super excited to back in a way team in, some of those smaller conferences in the toughest environment that they'll probably play in all year, you know? So honestly, this is kind of just more of a sit out spot to me than it is. Um, I don't know, like try to play yeah, against, no. try to play for, but um, I will say there's some of these where the home team's getting hammered and it's two, three points, maybe longer than it should be where, I don't know. It's, it's hard to pass up on for sure. It is. It is. It's definitely hard to pass up on. Bennett, what do you make of these? I know you're also, you know, always sort of looking at the market, watching lines, modeling, all, all that good stuff. How have you attacked some of these spots or stayed away even? And what's your philosophy on them? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a really good question. And it's been a really interesting trend to monitor throughout um, really the whole season, but particularly since conference play really kicked off. Um, I would say in general, for me personally, I've been mostly laying off these spots um with a quote-unquote you know spot tax um but i also at the same time i don't necessarily think it's like a yes or no answer and a lot of it is really situational um like you know for example a lot of these spot tax type stuff you know might move on injury news or you know there might be other factors that are contributing to the steam um i definitely wouldn't recommend you know betting a team on spot alone and just yeah you know ignoring the number obviously we want to make sure that we're getting the best of it um if you're really confident that something is a spot play and you get, you know, decent limits at open, um, I would say, why not? You know what I mean? If you feel like you're, the line is going to move a certain way and you feel really good about it, um, even if you don't love, you know, the, the trend in general, you could always create, you know, some sort of middle or arm. Um, I like it. But yeah, no, I mean, in general, I think like um, Big Three was talking about take the points being like, oh, kind of, the conference that I associate most with these spots. Um, and I think it's been super interesting. And I think the mountain West is a little bit different in my opinion, just because a lot of times it is like the home team in like a close mountain West game. And I do think when you consider things like, you know, altitude of the, you know, some of these conference teams are playing at, like there's probably more to it than just like, Oh, this team is due. Um, right. And if you do think that there's like a legitimate inefficiency within the market, then I don't have a problem at all with going ahead and firing. Uh, but I would just be, you know, wary of doing it just because, oh, uh, you know, this team has lost two of three. So, you know, they have to win or, you know, they shot terribly last game. So they have to shoot well this game. Um, you get into trouble that way. So, yep. um, I yeah, I'm 
more kind of in the past entirely in general, but um, you know, it's it's again, it's it's fairly situational. I didn't bet this Mississippi State game last night. Just enjoyed the the Reed Shepherd show. So yeah, it is pretty situational, Coleman. What do you make of it? Is there like a, a type of thing you've been seeing? You've been at a couple of these games. I don't know what, 50 games by now? Crazy. Um, Going to double it up by the time we get to the end of March. This guy's crazy. If you haven't followed Coleman's content, uh, he's probably one of the most entertaining college basketball content creators on the floor almost every single night. So, Coleman, talk to me a little bit here. What do you make of this type of tax where it's usually the home team? So do you weigh the home court advantage? Are you taking it just game by game, or do you have a sweeping statement? No, I mean, uh, first off, thanks for that shout out. Secondarily, yeah, though, I, I'm a believer typically that home court advantage isn't as impactful as Vegas tends to make it out to be, um, particularly in small and mid-major conferences. Now, this year, it's probably getting you obliterated. So I have respect for Vegas um, in yep. probably staying away in most cases. Although I think there was another example you had brought up that I liked your point in this spot tax situation. I think it was South Florida UTSA and most of the projections were having it as, you know, UTSA eight point dogs. But I think the line ended up being five and a half or something like that. In those scenarios, I like putting together a money line parlay. And so, okay, maybe Vegas knows something I don't. I'm not going to take South Florida five and a half, even though the data would say I probably would. But I feel comfortable that they aren't going to lose to UTSA and I can throw them in a little money line parlay with a couple other teams and maybe get plus 100 odds or something like that. That's the way I approach it. I mean, look, EV is EV at some level. Right. And, you know, parlaying, we could have a whole nother panel about parlaying and and maybe we will. I don't know. The fun about this is I get to shoot messages to whoever I want. If you have cool ideas on guests. In the comments, shoot me a message on Twitter. Shoot me at Justin Perry Show. Really easy. Guys, I shot my shot at Ken Palm. I don't know if I'm going to get him on the show, but we're going to try. You know, we're going to do some cool stuff. We're going to do a parlay discussion. I'll get Trent on. I don't care. You know, we will go full range, top to bottom. Uh, you know, just bring on people, have different level of discussions. I obviously appreciate you guys all being the first go at it. We'll get better and better at doing this and get a little bit more into it. But let's uh, let's keep it moving. We do have some other great topics today, talking a little bit about what brings us all together here. And that's Shot Quality Bets, of course, uh, the site that this episode is actually powered by, shotqualitybets.com. You can go and use my first name as your coupon code. Get 10% off your first month premium or standard. Of course, we love Shock Quality Bets. If you don't know, I'm the content lead and the product specialist for bets. Max is a contributor. Coleman's a contributor and content creator. Big Three, I mean, you know, helped build the foundational model. Bennett has come in and, and continued to do more work as a technical lead for the what, last year and a half. I literally, Bennett, I, I remember when you and I met, what was that, at a bar? Was it like Midtown literally watching the aircraft carrier game between Michigan oh, State? Oh, yeah, the, the windy under Michigan State aircraft carrier. Oh, that was that was such a fun night. And I think we literally talked about Shot Quality Live eventually becoming a thing and, you know, this vision that we, we had for the site. And that was before the start of not this season, but the season before. So almost two full years in the book. I'll come to you first, Bennett. What – you know, what Oh, what brought you to Shot Quality? What do you like about it? Of 
course, you know, don't don't feel pressure to share anything too personal. But of course, you can. There's no rules here. But I, you know, what's what's been what's it been like? I mean, I you know, I love the place. I I came here as a fan first. That is now getting to sort of live my dream, discussing it every single day. But I'd love to hear from you about sort of what it's been like for you in the first two seasons. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you can tell by now, but huge college basketball fan and uh, a little bit, a, li- a little uh, bit. Buddy. Yeah, this is my favorite thing. It's my favorite time of year. So, um, you know, joining a team um, that's, you know, all in on, um, you know, basketball in general, but really with a focus on college stuff. Um, and then recently with a lot of the the in-play, you know, tools, no one else is really delivering this type of, you know, real-time data um, that, you know, the entire shot quality team is really providing. So um, I think that has been a really huge kind of addition. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's just like the underlying data, um, even access to things like certain shot types and, um, you know, some of these team tendency type stuff. A lot of this, you know, isn't available elsewhere or, you know, you're, you're going to have to really, you know, dig around to try to find some of the stuff. Um, yeah. and, I, and I just think the, yeah, the data in general um, was a huge reason I wanted to join. Love it. Love it. And uh, I'll come to you next, Max, because your story of sort of joining the shot quality bets team is such a fun one. Uh, you know, it, it's you and me. You know, I we were out there. We built the discord, the shot quality discord. If you haven't joined that one. Oh, Coleman, I'm, I'm glad to see you're OK, buddy. Um, but yeah, we, we built the shot quality discord. And honestly, Max was one of the first people grinding away man it was awesome to see and i love that i think that's part of the mindset we have here at the show you know if there's going to be a time and place in the show where i'm literally like anyone who wants to come on and talk i don't care who you are let's let's go and you can you know come up and and shoot your shot and and show off a little bit and try to win some bets or make some calls who knows maybe you become a regular on the show and it launches your career max is now two years into writing at shot quality bets having a another awesome season i mean max what how did you even find shot quality bets that's my first question for you bud well because i'm addicted to college basketball that's how i, I found think shot it's the theme around here boys it's you know it's it's got my two favorite things gambling and college basketball so it was a perfect you know match for me when you guys opened up that discord i remember i think i joined in like may and was texting you about just like college hoops and it's it's May. Um, yep. You know, if, if you're going to sports bet, like it's not easy. Majority of people lose. So I had to make a choice. Like, did I really want to focus, put in the work that way I can continue to do it because nobody likes to lose. So yep. that's why I love shot quality. You know, there's so many good resources out there to help you get an edge. And there's so many games, you know, like if you really focus, like I know big three talks about summit and big sky he's putting in more work in those conferences than the people just posting the line. So if you put in the work, you know, you can find any edge you need to. So that's why I love shot quality. Love it. Yeah. Rock lobster in the chat, man. He's cooking up in the Justin Perry show discord. I, those are, the, those are my two discords at that point. So if you don't, if you aren't in both of those, there's links of course, all around Coleman. Talk to me a little bit about how shot quality has sort of changed the way you see the game. I know, you know, you're there on the floor. You're the epitome of an eye test content creator now powered a little bit more by this analytical data. 
what do you what do you make of it? How how has it been sort of using it completely now? I think you've stopped playing pregame bets, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I've quit <laughs> playing pregame bets. I love that. I takes that. out a whole lot of my workload, you know, before mm. having to wake up early on like a Saturday, especially when I'm about to hit a double header. So that's made things nice now when it's a Saturday and I'm traveling from game to game, trying trying to get the live plays in. I'm probably a danger to the rest of the road. So that's been a negative part of shot quality. But um, it, the positives, what I love doing before the game, whatever game I'm about to attend, is just looking up both teams and seeing their tendencies. You know, shot quality will show in red what they do poorly, green what they do exceptionally well. And so when you see stylistic either similarities or differences, you kind of know what to look for. All right, one team wants to play fast, the other wants to play slow. Is this going to be a game in the 70s of possessions or is it closer to the high 60s? Who's going to win that battle? Um, that type of element's been helpful for pregame and then in game. It's not a hundred percent of the time, right? You saw Taos or the Towson Charleston game. Charleston stayed hot the entire game. Those fifteen to twenty-two from deep, but most of the time, like at George Mason Fordham last night, we see them at thirty-seven combined points in the first half. The second half, it was in the high eighties. Um, so you don't see teams if they stay super cold. It stay for 40 minutes. So when you have that data, and mm. the only place you can find that data is shot quality, that's a big time advantage, especially at the break when you've got 10, 15 minutes to get a play in. Yep, yep, I agree. Big three. We you've we haven't really done a lot of live betting together. I, I'm sure you've been paying attention. How how has that been looking to you a little bit more from maybe the outside a little? And have you been trying it out? And then of course, just talk to me about your experience with shot quality, because I don't think any of us would even be here without a lot of the work that you did, that you brought to shot quality about what it could become as a betting company. So uh, we do all owe you a little thanks for that. Um, but yeah, talk to us about it. Tell us a little bit about some of the work you've done. Yeah, I definitely got interested in it more from like the math statistics side than I did even like the college basketball side. I mean, obviously love college basketball as well, but I think like, the power of the data is huge. And I honestly, the live stuff is incredible. And I think anyone who's been around college basketball for a while or bet college basketball for a while has had to kind of use box scores to perform their own like eye tests, right? Like it's impossible for people to watch 200 games on a Saturday. And I think like ultimately there, there was this huge or has been this huge stigma around, you know, like if you don't know all these players names or, you know, if you don't, haven't watched this team play three, four, five times, then like you can't know anything about them, which I think obviously is just not true, you know? And I think a lot of times, like what you could do is you could say like, how well did this team shoot from the three point line the last few games? You know, like did they shoot 40% from the free throw line? Like you could kind of figure some of that stuff out from the box score and with shot quality, you get all of it. And I think it's just like, it really is that level of tool. And I think like maybe in baseball, NBA, like those sports with only 30 teams, it is possible to have like a good grasp on every team. But if someone tells you they have a good grasp on every team in college basketball, they're lying. And it's, it's just their shot quality bets user. There's really, there's really no. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's, and, and I think right. like that really is what it is. It's, it's like, you cannot know everything about these teams. You cannot know everything about their tendencies. If they're overperforming, if they're underperforming, you just can't. And at shot quality, you just like get all of that into a couple numbers. And I, I really yeah. do think that that, ultimately is invaluable and 
you you shouldn't just be using only data. You should also be using, you know, like some intuition, injury reports, like stuff outside of it. And I think like the people that are willing to put in that level of time and use these tools combined with personal knowledge, other things, individual models, whatever it is, like those people have done really, really well this year. Look at Justin's, you know, play of the day. Like that, that's I mean, let's let's about. not, honestly. I have so we can talk about it at some point. I have so many yeah, yeah. But I, I just think like uh, it's it's really powerful. Is right, is of the course. And, yeah, no, um, and, and it's only going to continue like, to get better for sure. Yep, yep. I Means we wanted a big. Uh, we have we're going to get three point sniper to join us today too. He is red hot. He'll be on the show next week with us. But he's a sh another shining example. Max as well using the projections along with the metrics and the game data to really triangulate and understand team performance. Okay, this team's playing really well, but is it real? Like, I, I hate to use the term fraudulent for a basketball team, but, you know, it's kind of what it is. Is it, you know, an overperformance, an underperformance? Are they getting unlucky? And then you can kind of start to have a better understanding than just, oh, well, this is how many points they scored, and that's all I know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Any, we'll we'll leave it there unless there's any anything any big points anyone has to make. The, I want, I kind of almost want you guys yelling over each other a little bit. I know it hasn't happened. We'll get more into it as we. I think we need the late night episodes to start. Uh, I just like that the Army and American under. Hey, not to say that there we go. One thirty three and a half. Uh, they're at sixty seven points projected fifty five. A lot of. Uh, a lot of Americans taking some good shots, but um, you know, a lot of average in there as well. And Army's taken hey. only twenty eight percent of their shots have been good. So go. I went ahead and Look, took the under. I guess if you're listening to this here tomorrow, we're going to be out on a lot of platforms. You'll get to know just how sharp Max is, and we'll have a fun new episode of Betcast, of course. The fun of this show is getting to talk about what all of these awesome people do. I mean, if you don't follow Big 3 for 3 on Twitter, he gives away a lot of great picks on those specific conferences that he is a mastermind on. Bennett is maybe a little uh, my, my secret weapon here, uh, but you could definitely follow him on Twitter too. Gives out some good takes. Uh, big one today, tonight, right, Bennett? Um, so big one tonight. <laughs> big one tonight, part of the cult. Coleman Crawley, I, you definitely have seen. He's been on BetCast. Max has been on BetCast. They'll be back soon I, I max is coming on the show saturday to do some live betting so that'll be a lot of fun but these guys all make so much cool stuff definitely make sure you follow them support them the fun of this is going to be every time someone comes on the show we get to talk about the cool things they do you join the discord the justin perry show discord you're all invited of course to just shout out your own plays like link to your own websites i don't care it's about creating a community of high level conversation minded individuals and everyone here uh, is going to be pushing towards that so obviously thank you all for joining me today we're not done i know it might sound like we're done but we're not uh let's go yeah we had to we had to sneak the live bet into the show what would it be uh max uh, let's go. Yes, please, Tyler, like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Live uh, shows will happen sporadically. The late night shows will not be planned. So if you want to make sure you're there, open floor, anyone can come in. Max is going to be, you know, sipping some whiskey at 1130 at night, trying to figure out who he's betting tomorrow for his best bet. Coleman's going to be tired on the road, uh, driving and swerving. You know, I don't even know. Uh, but it's going to be fun. And that guest list is only going to grow. And so I think we're going to have some cool blends just accidentally, and that's what it's all about. Now, uh, enough 
rambling and raving. I'll talk about it a lot. Let's get into the big game preview. We're going to skip mailbag today. No one answered my tweet. So next time, guys, please send me some questions. We're going to have some cool panels, uh, but it's okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the big games coming up. I sent a couple of them out. We have some cool, honestly, some great contests coming up. Everyone's talking a little bit about Alabama, Tennessee. So we'll start there. I'm going to pull up the shot quality uh, preview here, but let's uh, just go full screen with you guys. I'll come to you first. Coleman, talk to me a little bit about this. I know like power conference basketball isn't what we always hear about from you, but what do you make of these teams? These are two of some of like the most popular teams by ticket volume to maybe make a run in the, in the tournament. Right. Um, th- I mean, these couple teams are a little outside my wheelhouse, not watching a ton <laughs> of power six college basketball. However, Nate Oates and his style of play, you know, in the past when they've been a one seed or a two seed, I'm not a believer um, in just how extreme they are with the rim and three combined with the the exceptional tempo that they play at typically um, for them to make a run. And, you know, since some of their former teams, they haven't had the elite defense of the past to be able to play that way, I feel like, and can pull off the consistency that you've got to have to make a final four or win a championship. But this year, if they're a three seed or a four seed with expectations of a sweet 16, you know, I think they could be a team with the volatility in the way they play that maybe this is the one that makes a run to an elite eight Tennessee. I I think this is another, you know, Rick Barnes team uh, that's a lead on the defensive end of the floor. However, Dalton connect gives them an option on offense when they're stalling to just simply take over a game with what he can do, scoring the basketball all three levels um, that they really haven't had in quite a while that I think they're, they're a prime candidate to not just make a final four, but perhaps win a national championship. And they're the only team I'd really say that about, I think in this conference. It's a a big take. I like it. We'll mark it down. I think uh, I'm going to take notes guys. So if you come on the show, you say something cool, you're going to get your flowers or maybe or maybe we'll clock you when you come back and be like, remember when uh, Tennessee lost in the second round, Coleman? Uh, but yeah, no, uh, nonetheless, uh, I think we have the shock quality projection up currently sitting at Ken Palm projected this game around a one point win for Alabama. Bennett, I'm going to come to you. Any any thought here? We have the shock quality bet scorecard up a new way to kind of check out some of uh, the key stats with a visual now on shock quality bets. What do you make of this massive SEC matchup? Yeah, this is a, a huge game. Uh, huge a lot of implications game. for the SEC title and everything. In addition to the games tonight, Tennessee's got a big one with Auburn. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this matchup, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully no injuries or anything for tonight. But um, I do think Bama matches up pretty well against Tennessee. Um, and I tend to lead in Bama when they're playing at home. If you look at their like home road shooting splits – um, very different team at home. Um, and Tennessee, for as good as their defense is, and it's maybe other than Houston, probably the best. Um, yes. I think they do concede quite a few threes almost by design. And I think obviously that's kind of playing into what Bama likes to do. Um, so I, I would say, you know, leading Alabama in this spot. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll see how the SEC race kind of shakes out the rest of the way. Max, big three. Either you guys got a take on this one, or should we move on to a little Big East action? 
Now, I, uh, real quick, kind of like what we mentioned about Weber, like this Tennessee team, like if they lose out, this is a team that you could back you're for in, the tournament. Well, because look at their next four games. They go um, Auburn, Alabama, then out at South Carolina, which turned into, you know, a really good team this year. And then they got Kentucky. So, like, if they somehow lose all four, maybe get a really good price to win the SEC tournament. So, that's, that's what I'm looking at. I love it. I love it. Big three. Any any thoughts yeah. here? Should we talk a little uh, Marquette Creighton? I mean, I'm kind of looking to back Alabama here, I think. I think if you look at the last couple months, the way that Alabama has started to use Summit Boy, Grant Nelson. Um, I mean, if you watch some <laughs> of those, it's not. But seriously, if you watch some of those non-conference games, I, one of those games he took like 12 or 13 threes. And it's like you have this unbelievably skilled big man. I mean, obviously he can shoot too, but like just post him up on the three-point line. It was just brutal. And so I think like – Ultimately, now he's basically just shooting twos. Really, really good clip. Um, scoring more has been a big part of the offense in a lot of these games. I just like they they seem to have improved in the last like few months, which I think you can't say about some of these like previous Oats teams. Um, and so I don't know. I, I really do like them offensively now. I think you're hoping that Tennessee just runs away with it against Auburn today, um, so that yeah. you know you get a little bit of the the tax there. Um, and you kind of get a good price to back Bama. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these teams we're talking about right now, just for anyone listening later, do have games today on Wednesday. We're going to talk about uh, some Big East action, flip the screen over right now to Creighton Marquette. Both these teams uh, are, well, I know Marquette's in action today. So uh, interesting. There's going to be maybe a little bit more than what data we have to work with right now, but I'll open the floor up. Anyone interested in this game? Are you Are you looking for a big Creighton bounce back? I watched that drop coverage get absolutely eaten alive at Madison Square Garden, guys. I, I'm a little bit – I lean towards Creighton. I like that team a lot. They're another quintessential shot-quality team, but uh, have at it. Who Anyone making any uh, any leans early? You, you like a team. You think it's a good spot to take one of these guys? Floor is open. Um, I, I kind of lean towards Creighton, I think. Um, I was just looking – so there's obviously Big East, Round Robin – um, taking a look at the first right. matchup, um, close game, but Marquette kind of waxed them in the shot quality score. I do think Creighton has made a lot of strides since then. And you look at some of the the role players like Stephen Ashworth kind of stepping up and playing oh, yeah. at a higher level. Um, and I do think they've made, you know, considerable strides since then. So I, I guess that's like, you know, tentatively where I'm thinking for now. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, the St. John's game, um, you know, didn't exactly go according to plan, but I think, um, you know, some of the shooting regression from that game, you know, Baylor Shireman, for example, like some of these guys are going to, um, you would expect, you know, would have shot a lot better in a game like that. So, um, I mean, I think this is going to be a really, really high level game yep. and I, I can't wait to watch it, but I, I would say slightly into Creighton for now. All right. All right. Anyone else? Um, we'll talk one more big game coming up and then, we did get a fun question, and I, and I will do one mailbag question before we let our guests get out of here. But a, a big game coming up. Kansas losing last night at the Fog. A little unexpected for BYU to get that win. They're going to have their next game coming up against Baylor. What do we make of this one? Is Kansas in a prime spot to bounce back? Max, I'm going to come to you, and then Coleman, you're up next. 
Yeah, so K- Kansas was – I was concerned about, you know, the depth in Big 12 play. Obviously, depth doesn't matter as much in the tournament, but, you know, for a conference uh, schedule, it really does. And I – does anybody have – McCuller did not play last night, right? No. And there's rumors that he – like, he might miss the entire season, so that worries wow. me. But wow. if if he plays – then I trust them a lot more, but you know, without knowing, because he's so important to a team like KJ Adams and Dewan Harris are awesome players, great on defense, rebounding. They do everything. They're just not natural scores. You know, Dickinson's a natural score. You need that second guy like McCullers. So without them, the offense is just not the same. All right, Coleman, what do you think, man? You with Max there? You you fade in Kansas? Maybe a lot of these models are going to have McCullough's presence cooked in, right? I mean, that's a hard thing to do in the late season when the metrics are a part of essentially his performance and the, his performance is a part of the metrics. You can hardly separate them. So how do you deal with a big game like this for Baylor, who just got a big win, right, so against TCU on the road? So interesting spot for both sides. You're muted, buddy. That's uh, that's that's a dollar in the swear jar for Coleman Crawley. Muted, <laughs> still muted, still muted. No, that's all, on me. That is it's all good, me. bud. It's all good. They used to when I was on Sportsline, the muting yourself and talking was called pulling a J Smooth. That's how often I did it. So uh, no pressure. We're gonna we're gonna bring that back here though. So please continue. What do you make of the game? Baylor coming off a win, Kansas coming off a loss. You would think, you know, opportune time probably for Kansas, especially here at home. But um, exact, you know, the issue with this Kansas team has been their depth. And so you take out a guy like McCuller, how much he impacts them as a whole. And perhaps if you think, okay, he's definitely going to be out, then you take Baylor early. But if there's any question mark on if he'll come back or not, then I'm waiting until right up until game time. And if he does play, I'd take Kansas. Hey, there we go. Uh, I think uh, it's a good way to do it. It might be interesting to see him come back as we got here from Cam Crazy Duke fan, uh, who I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll go to our Cam Crazy Duke fan right here to talk about this game as a, a last take uh, big three, but who I'm sure you are happy that your guy, uh, Kyle Filipowski, uh, didn't actually have his leg severed in in the tragic war accident. Um, but, that was so uh, bad. Uh, I so mean, bad. like as a Duke fan too, like you you're just going to take Max shit for like everything. Like it just doesn't matter. And like for yeah. John Shire to be like in the presser, just like crying about like something that really wasn't that big of a deal was a bad look. So not super, uh, yeah. not super it thrilled happens. about that. Um, but I will say. Was- Sorry, how come nobody was up in arms when uh when uh, Detroit uh, stormed the court after they got their first win against IUPUI? The one. <laughs> why is why we why is it gotta be not till Duke? I gotta say, MVSU did a better job on their court storm than Detroit. So props to MVSU. But yeah, I mean Baylor, this game, I agree. I think like ultimately you look at Kansas and they are a brutal team to trust offensively. Harris has his moments, but I mean he is not trustworthy. And honestly, neither is Dickinson. And like. I think it's a similar reason why, you know, you see like the Purdue's that I still don't really like this year. Um, you can't really count on big men to be main scoring options in March. There's just like, there's ways to scheme around it. There's ways to, to, you know, prevent them from getting the ball. It's different than having good guards who have the ball in their hand constantly. So Kansas is a team I probably will continue to try to fade, but. Hey, yeah. I mean, look, maybe, maybe we'll have a court storm discussion. I wasn't, 
going to do that to all of us on the very first episode of the show. I want it. I want, trust me, I want it to. Uh, and you guys know I've uh, been leaning into my more incendiary takes on Twitter, letting loose, saying whatever the hell I want, because I, this is a platform where I get to. And we're going to end up with just a little question here, a two-sided question for everybody, two fun fun little questions in the chat. I appreciate you all. First one, I'm actually going to take a little chance here to introduce someone you'll see on the show soon. Rotas Wadera is my best friend in the entire world. And without him, I don't think I'd know anything about college basketball. And obviously anybody who I call my best friend is probably even more of a sicko in this stuff than I am. So big shout out to him. He'll be on Monday's episode. One of the sharpest people you've never heard about. So uh, that's going to be really fun. Rotas asks us, what were everyone's first college basketball memories? Uh, I'll start it off. I'm pretty sure I was driving down to visit a friend at Delaware, and we were going to visit the school, just having a good time. It was like spring break. And I it was like I was barely started off doing this. It was like the season or two before I started handicapping. And I had Michigan State going to the Final Four, and that was the year they blew it so early. I for, I'll never forget being in the car, driving down, and having my first ever bracket absolutely shattered. I hated it, and I wanted to do it again at the exact same time. And and a sickle was born. So, uh, yeah, you know, and then from there, for me, it was really uh, getting into gambling and fi figuring out that it was a high-volume sport that I could maybe try to model. So, uh, yeah, but getting my bracket blown, I will never – it's it's not Izzo March for me ever. So uh, we'll go around the horn. Max, what what's your favorite, your first college basketball pick? Sorry, wow, I'm combining them. Your first college basketball memory and then your favorite pick tonight. Bang, bang. Uh, first memory, I was 10 and it was the, the Memphis, Kansas National Championship. And my right. school homeroom had Memphis. And if we won, we got a pizza party. But my dad had, and I didn't know about gambling, obviously, I'm 10 years old. My dad had a big future on Kansas. So he's like, if they win, I'll give you 100 bucks. So I was, so I switched and started rooting. And then obviously the game was awesome, Mario Chalmers. So that was my, like, first memory. And That's I guess awesome. kind of my first win, 100 bucks. Hey, hey, dad, dad hit it big. It sounds like. You got strong blood there, Max. Uh, yeah. What about what about tonight? What are you what are you liking for the people who? Uh, right now? So I haven't done the full dive yet, um, but I did end up taking uh, Wright State over. I don't. I mean, we talked about spots earlier. This is kind of a spot. I mean, they're twenty and five to the over, but like my and I don't. I think I was the only one that didn't talk about the spot, so I'll give a quick little bit. The way I'll I'll play a spot or a trend, I'll go until I lose like two or three in a row. You know, so I've been taking a lot of right state overs this year. And I mean, they're fun to watch on offense and they don't play a lick of defense. So, <laughs> all right, there you got it. Big three. Talk to us about uh, one of your first college basketball memories, but you got you started in all this and uh, maybe a, a pick if you're playing anything tonight. Um, yeah, first college basketball memory. I mean, I could say some, you know, JJ Reddick losing to big baby Glenn Davis in the tournament, but right. I'll think of a happier memory. Um, I would say the first game that I like distinctly remember is UCLA Gonzaga in like the sweet 16 and like, Oh six, where this was like Adam Morrison's last year. Um, 
Great. And I just remember like they didn't score the last like three or four minutes, just insane comeback. And I don't know why, like, I don't really have ties to either of those schools, but it just is like, you know, it's the epitome of a random March sweet 16 game to me. And that's, I don't know, just got me hooked. Um, in terms of picks, I will say, I mean, why leave the big sky? We'll go tomorrow. Weber state minus five at home against Northern Colorado. Right. I think they're much, much better than Northern Colorado home court advantage on its own at Weber is probably four or five points. So, I mean, this is basically making them nearly a pick them or minus one, something like that. So on a neutral. Nice. So I think that that's pretty disrespectful price. Um, definitely going Weber there. This is a Weber state show officially Bennett coming to you. And then Coleman, you'll close out our first ever episode here at the Justin Perry show, which I still can't believe I named after myself, but Bennett, uh, what do you have tonight and what got you started in college basketball? I know you kind of went to some schools, some big schools, right? Yeah. So, um, in terms of getting started in college basketball, I mean, um, my dad went to Providence. I grew up Friar faithful, um, watching the old big East, um, for all the football realignment madness. Um, as far as a funny story, um, I was probably in like elementary school and filling out, I guess it was probably one of my first brackets. I think it was 2004 and I'm watching the selection Sunday show and I'm like printing everything out, ready to go, super hype. Um, and they list off like the number one overall seat. I think it was Kentucky that year. And they do a round table and everyone's talking about how good this team is. And I'm in like the oh. second grade, just eating it up. Like, oh, this team must be amazing. And got bounced before the second weekend, like lost to UAB. Um, and at that point on, I was like, I'm not listening to anyone. I'm doing like what I think, like, and then the contrarian it was, like, was born. The sharp was born at a young <laughs> yeah, age, yeah, molded no from pain. <laughs> so, um, yeah, from that moment on, I was like, I'm going to do things, you know, um, as I see. Um, but that was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, for tonight, I mean, I, I shout out the discord, Justin Perry show. I took Maryland last night. This line is way out of hand to the point where I probably would just lay off at this point. Maybe we get some live value. Maryland is such a gross team. I could definitely see, you know, 10-0, 8-0 run Northwestern's way mm -hmm. where the SQ score, you know, indicates that the game is a little bit closer. So, you know, potentially a live spot, um, you know, depending on how things unfold. Nice. I like it. I like it. Coleman, let's clean it up, man. This is uh, it's been an awesome episode. Thank you guys for spending so much time with me today. Uh, when we get shock quality, uh, not shock quality, when we get Justin Perry merch, you all get some. But uh, Coleman, what do you, I, I can't wait to hear this one. I, 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 I saved you for last. So uh, like, let's, let's hear what your first college or favorite college basketball memory has been. What got you I, into this crazy world? I guess my first uh, college basketball memory, my dad was a high school basketball coach. So, you know, pretty much every day after practice, going home and TV tray dinner, um, watching college basketball with him. Wow. And so my first memories of that are probably being five oh two. That was the year one Dixon, um, Duke had Jay Williams, Shane Battier. They would just have incredible games, Maryland and Duke. And then my beloved Sooners made a run all the way to the final four. Um, so kind of your first formidable memories or whatever, falling in love with college basketball and your favorite team makes a run to the final weekend. Hollis Price, Qantas White, they were so wow. fun with Coach Sampson um, that I, I was in love from the jump. 
I love it. I love it. And uh, what about tonight? You, I mean, you're a live guy. So actually the perfect exactly. time to tell everybody to go make sure they follow you if they want to see your plays. Make sure you follow all of our awesome panelists here, all their Twitter usernames right there for you. Some really great college basketball commentary coming from all of them every single time they show up and just talk about it. So a big thank you to our guests today, the first ever Justin Perry show. And I'll take one last second, of course, a big thank you, but you guys will all be invited back for our very first late night episode tomorrow. If you can make it, that's great. If you can't, no pressure. We'll be talking a little bit about some of those live bets from BetCast, sweating it out, enjoying it, and, uh, you know, talking about whatever comes up. So we'll see you there. Make sure you like and subscribe so that you never miss a stream. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Uh, we will see you all soon. That's the Justin Perry Show. I'm just going to cut it. We haven't even made an ending yet, but we'll get one soon. That, that intro was pretty cool. So we'll bring in the music. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. And this will be back, what, a Wednesday, Friday, every single week. So much content. So much. Thank you all for watching the Justin Perry Show premiere. See you next time.